greet you in the name of Jesus this morning. There's a little line in the New Testament, the fruit of our lips. Do you know where that line is? Where that little line is in the New Testament? What book? Hebrews. Very good. You know what comes right after that? Giving thanks. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. At the foundation of the life of every believer should be hallelujah. What a Savior. Is that how you would describe your life? Turn to Hebrews chapter 13 for a text. Hebrews chapter 13. We'll be reading verses 12 to 15. Now, I realized after I'd prepared my notes for this message that I had copied some of my verses in King James, and I'm reading for new, from New King James here. So if it seems like I get mixed up back and forth between King James and New King James, that's the reason why. Because some of them I have printed out in my notes, and some of them sometimes I'll be reading. But reading now from Hebrews chapter 13, beginning at verse 12. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We'll stop reading there. In case you haven't figured out, it's a Thanksgiving message this morning. Other foundation can no man lay than is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And at the heart of that, if we know what that means in the depth of our being, we'll be saying, hallelujah, what a Savior. Because of what He is. Because of what He has done. And through Him, through His suffering, we have been made free. You see, Thanksgiving is a day in, on our calendar. But for the Christian, Thanksgiving should be a state of being. It should be how we think about life. Because our life rests on something glorious. Something that God did. A love offering that God made for us. A sacrifice for us. Here's the question that came to my mind. Do I believe that the blessings in my life outweigh the struggles? Are there struggles in life? Absolutely. But as a believer, do the blessings of life outweigh the struggles? How do I think about life? And I think our answer to that question will determine whether thanksgiving is a state of being or something that we try to put on. And many people, I believe, fail to see past the current struggle. Beyond that, to the life and the hope 
that we have as believers. The story is told of a lady, and I believe this came through Christian aid. A lady in, I believe it was Haiti, who lived in a little hut made of sticks and mud, dirt floor, old lady. They went into the, the, the people telling the story went into to her home. And she was bubbling over with a testimony for Jesus. There was a joy about her countenance. They found out this lady was suffering continually from sores on her body. But what she wanted to talk about was not her circumstances. It wasn't the suffering that she was enduring. What she wanted to talk about was Jesus and what He had done for her. How can a person be like that in those circumstances? There is no way except through hope that what we have goes beyond this life, goes beyond this suffering. Somebody said recently, and I, I think that it's true, that if you do not are not suffering personally, then someone close to you is suffering. And if you have not yet experienced that, it is very likely that you will in your lifetime. Either suffer or someone close to you will suffer. How are you going to deal with that suffering? What do you have to deal with that suffering? So I said earlier that at the foundation of the life of the Christian, there should be hallelujah, thanksgiving. So what does that mean if I'm struggling to be thankful? Does it mean that I don't have that foundation? Or maybe I've not yet discovered what it means to truly live. Or Maybe it's I don't understand who I was before I met Jesus or who I would have become had I not met Him or what He has redeemed me from. Guilty, vile, and helpless we, we just sang a little bit ago. Guilty, vile, and helpless we. Spotless Lamb of God was He Full atonement can it be. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Full atonement for what we were. Do we understand that? Can we comprehend what His atonement has done for us? Had I not met Jesus, had I not known Jesus, had Jesus never been a part of my life or my parents' life or my grandparents' life, where would I be today and what would I be today? And where would I be going? What has Jesus done for you? Lifted up was He to die. It is finished was His cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a Savior. 
When he comes, our glorious king, all his ransomed home to bring, then anew this song we'll sing. Hallelujah. What a savior. But it says in there, then anew. So we're singing it now, and then we'll sing it anew. Hallelujah. What a savior. And so we have now, and we will have throughout eternity, every reason to say, Hallelujah. Because of Him who died for me. Let's sing from your church hymnals number 18. So Paul says in Romans 1 that the universe gives evidence of the eternal power of an almighty God. And verse 1 of that song we just sang speaks about that beauty in our world. And that within that beauty, there are many things that are good, beautiful to see and behold and give us joy. And then verse 2 talks about that beneath that, there's the beauty and the joy of human relationships that we have. 
kind thoughts and deeds that express love, even in the darkest situations. So when it's difficult to see the beauty around us, the kind thoughts and deeds that express love, the joy of human love, helps us to see a beauty in God's creation, even in those dark circumstances. But then verse 3 has an interesting line. I thank thee more that our joy is touched with pain. Is pain a good thing? Pain tells us that something's not right. When we experience pain, we're experiencing the result of something not being right. So what does that mean? That means that there is a right that could be reached for. So that earth's bliss can be our guide and not our chain. That pain tells us that even though we experience these good things in life, and they can be a guide to us that there can be right, the pain keeps us from making those that bliss of earth our chain, being bound by that, being bound by our earthly existence is what I'm getting at. So pain helps us to keep from being bound by our earthly existence. Why is that important? Well, it's because life here is not perfect and we have not obtained perfection. We have not obtained what God created us to attain. Should we not desire to reach for that? Should we not desire to go beyond the imperfect to the perfect? Because we know that the world is not perfect, we should expect suffering to be part of our reality. Even as believers, this verse has impacted me powerfully from 1 Peter 1 Peter 4, verse 1, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. So have the same mind. Christ suffered for us in the flesh, knowing that He would, willingly, He suffered for us. And Peter is saying, arm yourselves with that kind of a mindset. That we're going to face suffering in this world. It's a reality of a broken world. It's going to be part of our existence. And then Peter gives us a reason why. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. All unrighteousness is sin. What is unrighteousness? Unrighteousness is not right. It's not being right. Sin brings suffering. And we live in a world where there is sin. And so there is suffering as a result of sin. And suffering helps us to overcome unrighteousness when we approach it from the perspective of Christ, from the life of Christ, from obedience to Christ. 
And then it gives the reason why in verse 2. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. So the goal of suffering is the fulfillment of the will of God. So how are we to be thankful when we are suffering? Leviticus chapter 7 gives a detailed instruction about a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And what's interesting about that passage is that that sacrifice of thanksgiving is something that's given along with another sacrifice. And the other sacrifice is a sacrifice of peace. Okay? So do you have peace? In Jesus Christ, we can have peace. Along with that peace, we give thanksgiving. You see the connection there? In verse 22, I'm sorry, in chapter 22 of Leviticus in verse 29, it says, And when ye will give a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. So your will is your voluntary expression. Offer it at your own will. Give it voluntarily. So we're talking about how we can be thankful even through suffering. When you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. And then in the Psalms, 116 verse 17, he says, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. A sacrifice is something we give at our expense. I don't always feel thankful. I don't always feel like doing it. But when I engage my will, I choose to do it. I offer it voluntarily. And I give something that costs me something. So I'm going to have to let go of the reasons why I don't feel thankful. And I'm going to have to choose to be thankful. To give a sacrifice to God of thankfulness. It's going to cost me something. But God calls us to do that of our own free will through the suffering that we experience in the world. Back to our text in Hebrews. Therefore Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go. Let us go. We are to go. We're to move somewhere from one place to another. Let us go therefore unto Him without the camp bearing His reproach. For here we have no continuing city but we seek one to come. I thank thee, Lord, that thou hast kept the best in store. We have enough, yet not too much, to long for more, a yearning for a deeper peace not known before. Are we intentionally identifying with Christ 
and moving towards him, even though we know that the life that he lived ended in suffering. Let us go, therefore, to him. I thank thee, Lord, that here our souls, though amply blessed, can never find, although they seek, a perfect rest, nor ever shall until they lean on Jesus' breast. Let us go to him. Even though it's going to mean suffering. And through that suffering, we look not on what's now, but what is eternal. Because our faith is built not on what is now, but what is eternal. And so we go to Him because our faith, in, according to our faith, the eternal is what matters. And then verse 15. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. By Him, by the power of Him in us, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Can we thank God even in suffering? We can in Him, in Christ. I'd like to sing the first and last verse of church hymnal number 14. So when I think about the Thanksgiving that's on the calendar, the day that we call Thanksgiving, I usually think about our families getting together. I think about the abundance that God has provided for us in crops, in food. How God has blessed us physically. And 
We should be thankful for those things. We have a lot to be thankful for in the sense of physical things. And I think I can confidently say that every one of us here today has a lot to be thankful for in the sense of physical blessings. But what about the place that God has set for us in His spiritual family? What about that table? What about the table of spiritual blessings that are available to us in Jesus? For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Verse 9, that's Ephesians chapter 2, after it talks about, our, by grace are ye saved through faith. You are part of the household of God. Verse 19 says you are part of the household of God. God has made a place for you in His family, His spiritual family. Are you thankful for that? You've been built into His family. What kind of a table does He have spread for us? John 6.35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. An eternal supply of need. The bread of life. Something that provides life. John 7.37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those who believe in him would receive. Not only water to provide for our needs, but living water that would flow out to meet the needs of others. You know, I have to think about those people in Haiti. They went to minister, to let the flow of God's Spirit go out to meet the needs and dispel the suffering of people in Haiti. And they suffered as a result of that. Could we, if we were in their shoes today, be thankful to God? What would we have to be thankful for? They have something eternal. And I've been blessed by how the response of the families and Christian aid has been, let's pray for the captors. Because the people who are held captive have something that the captors do not have. And it's something that's eternal and it's something that's valuable. far more valuable than even physical life. We have fruit at our table too. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. 
fruit that we can freely partake of and live out in the world. We are so blessed physically, but the greatest blessing in life does not depend on the physical blessings. And yet, think about the amount of time we sacrifice to meet our physical needs. How much time did you spend this year engaging in activities to meet your physical needs? I'm guessing you spent a bunch of time. Because it's valuable to you. Your physical existence is valuable to you. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. We sacrifice to the things that we believe are valuable. That's universally true. We sacrifice to the things that we believe are valuable. What are you sacrificing for? And if we truly believe that the greatest value is in the spiritual and that God has provided richly to supply those needs, then our sacrifice will give evidence of that value. Jesus said in John 6, 63, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. And those who have experienced life will believe that the blessings of that life outweigh the difficulties and the struggles of their existence. Hallelujah. What a Savior. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name.